Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. Now, for the continuation of episode number 23, we are going to talk about this leadership conference that Daryl and I attended and delivered keynotes for, and that fireside chat that you just heard. We'll also talk about the importance of HBCUs, and I'll do it with the president of Lane College himself, Dr. Logan Hampton. In part two of this special double episode of the Culture Soup Podcast. Everybody, we have Dr. Logan Hampton. He is the president of Lane College. And of course, that's where myself and Daryl Bell did keynotes at the inaugural leadership conference this weekend. Hey, Dr. Hampton. Hello, how are you? I'm good, listen. You get some rest? Uh, You know, I tried. (laughs) My daughter didn't want to give me any. She was happy to see me home. We worked too hard this uh, this past weekend. Too hard. It was fun though. Hey, hey, before we get started, I know you got a lot of questions you want to ask me. Mm-hmm. You know that that internal journalist wants to come out. <laughs> uh, but before before you start grilling me, let me just thank you. Oh. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess it was in what was it? August. It was, of 2018. It was, yeah, it was the beginning of August of last that we year. Start, we reconnected and, and started Detroit, trying to Michigan. Out. How and when we would get you on the campus and get you before our students. Right. And uh, you said in August of 2018 mm-hmm. that you'd like to come and pour into the students. Yes. And uh, your listeners should know that you are a woman of your word. <laughs> and that you brought it. You came with it. Thank you. <laughs> and did an excellent job. Excellent job in terms of the communication the mm-hmm. uh, first night. Uh, as the opening keynote for the uh, conference. I mean, it was just uh, very well received. Everybody's been raving on it. And uh, I was just teasing with a colleague earlier today, just saying, you know, really, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, we just kind of broke it up. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, the thing ends, mm-hmm. it's time for people to go home. Right. Or actually, I guess we had that piece where we were to go into this networking piece right. that you never made it to. No. <laughs> I just came and pulled you out of the room to say, Okay. Yes. <laughs> and it was students and adults. <laughs> yes. They all rushed yes. me. Yes. That was just a cool, cool day. And then thanks for the next day. I mean you even I mean you didn't you didn't come, you know, uh, you know, do your speech, drop the mic and then, you know, <laughs> jump back on the plane. I and mean, then you hung around on uh, on Saturday and came back and, and put in some more time. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for the far side chat. Um it, this this morning, so I get in um uh well, yesterday morning now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday morning, so I get in. We started trying to get the day going and, and and things. And folks were still talking about that exchange that you and Daryl Bell Bell had. Uh, and talking in great specificity, yeah. you know, about some of the topics that you all talked about. So yeah. Many, 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 many thanks. Uh, Got to get you back. By all means, I would love to come back. It would be my pleasure. You guys were excellent hosts from Chief Joy, who I've written about already. 
and his name will probably <laughs> make it into Black Enterprise. What is his first name, by the way? You can tell me offline. I'm writing a story for Black Enterprise about our little adventure before we went to the airport. I don't know if you heard about it. I did. I did. You I heard. Did. I heard you guys. I don't know how much you. He he you was he was so moved that yes he was yet sharing he was sharing about how moved he was and I I don't want to give the story away. It's he, okay. I've already written a bit on my blog, so it's out there. Yeah, People know just, that we went. I mean, to, he talked about you all. You all. First of all, you make it to the Civil Rights Museum. You don't have time. Mm -hmm. You don't have time to go to the Civil Rights Museum. Right. And he was able to get one of, I guess, the director to give you all a, a guide. He worked tour. his magic. Like, for real. <laughs> yeah, so. But these people came out, and they were, like, telling everybody to move out the way. <laughs> yeah, so I understand. So you all got the full tour. You got the benefit of the full tour, mm -hmm. guided kind of tour. And then when you made it, yeah, when you made it to the site where Dr. Yeah. King was assassinated, that it Well, hurt. here's the irony. This show will air on April 4th, which is the day. Ah. That he was assassinated. So I'm tying that in. At the end of Daryl's episode, we do a moment of silence. Yeah. But yeah, you know, the irony is all alphas, Chief Joy, Daryl, yourself, me, of course, but AKA, you know, Coretta <laughs> was too. But the irony was that we would walk in there only days away from his assassination just because Daryl said, you know, I missed seeing this the last time. Let's see if we can squeeze it in. And there we are, standing outside and inside the Lorraine Motel. Like, that was the most powerful thing ever. And, you know, before we left, we're like, we are friends forever. You know, we had bonded. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah uh, uh, Chief Joy was just, I mean, he, he was yet emotionally moved as he was just kind of, yeah. just kind of telling the story of how, yeah. how each of you were impacted uh, yeah. Again, I, and I, I assume Chief Joy has done it before, but but it's one of those pieces, you know. I you know I've done it several times with student groups, and I don't know every time that I, you know, make the journey through, you know, I find myself in that same emotional place. <laughs> yeah, you know, I described it as our grassy knoll. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. So anyway, yeah, that was that was special, and we credit Lane for that too because we were able to make that trip on this trip. So before we go on, let's have a culture soup moment. What do you think? Oh, oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm so, about this. <laughs> yeah, and I understand everybody, you have to know that Dr. Hampton is a digital neophyte and that's okay. We're gonna move him into the 21st century if it's the last thing we do. Anyway, Hashtag HBCU. See, I'm keeping it very easy for you. <laughs> That's a gimme, okay? Yeah. If I click on that hashtag, I get shouts out and tweets and posts from every HBCU I can even imagine. How many HBCUs are there out there? A little over 100. Wow. Yeah, a little over okay. 100. Just depending on how you ask that question. I mean, it's somewhere, you know, 100, 100, 203. You know, these are institutions that were established uh, prior to uh, 1964 mm. and have the designation of historically black college or university. Among them uh, is Lane College uh, that was founded in 1882. Wow. I like to say that Bishop Lane, who was our founder, uh, just right on the other side of Reconstruction, I still like to say fresh out of slavery, uh, mm. around 
at his congregations, looked around at his preachers, and determined that they needed a common school education. And he created Lane College uh, so that he might train uh, teachers and preachers to be able to wow. speak and write and to communicate uh, clearly uh, and effectively. And for the last 137 years, we've been we've been on this mission field, uh, doing this very important work. As have it is our, important work. Have been our sister and brother, uh, HBCUs. Uh, some some of whom are land grant institutions founded by a state. Um, some are founded by uh, individuals, uh, organizations that uh, were for the advancement of uh, African-American people. And then some like our institution, uh, Lane, Lane College, that was founded by a church denomination. So we continue to be uh, closely connected to the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. And so we are we're church affiliated. We would bill ourselves as a, as a, Christian, a Christian college. Uh, I always tease, though, I say we are more HBCU than we are, than, than we are quote unquote, uh, a Christian college. I mean, this is mm -hmm. uh, just an absolutely dynamic place. But I want to get to that, to that whole notion about HBCU. Ah, this is such, this is such a beloved community. I mean, there's, yeah. there's the assets, the gift. I'm jealous. Uh, and you should be. I mean, I'm so jealous. I'm jealous be. every time homecoming rolls around. I'm jealous anytime what graduation time comes around i was blessed to go to spelman's graduation once before and that was just amazing in fact this was back when coretta was still alive and i ran into her at the spelman baccalaureate just walking down the hall i mean these are the types of people that you see right absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. i mean yeah our our graduations, our celebration, you know, I talk about Lane College and I say, you know, we're, it's all about transformation, liberation, and celebration. And I say, and we know how to celebrate. And we, we celebrate student success. We, we celebrate the power of our students' potential. We, we celebrate their accomplishments, whether it's getting an internship or a new job or, or making a 3.0 GPA. I mean, we, we celebrate and encourage our students. You know, as the, at the end of uh, our time together, on uh, on Saturday, when we wrapped mm -hmm. up, our wrap up was about celebrating who it is that we were. So we had I had the men in our session, uh, in the male session, and, and the brothers keeper department said celebrating. What did they learn? Mm -hmm. What were their strengths? And what were their wildest dreams? I mean, it's a part of our it's part of our culture and our heritage to just be affirming and encouraging wow. of our of our students, of our faculty, and our and our staff. I mean, you get in this you get in this community. You, you, you're going to be encouraged. You get in this community, yeah. you're going to be built up. You get in this community, you're going to be loved and supported. Which mm -hmm. is, you know, and I've worked, I've worked across the higher ed, higher ed uh, uh, spectrum. There's, there, is, there are no sets of institutions. There are no experiences like the experiences that you get at a historically black college or university. Right. You know, I talked about being jealous. I went to a PWI. Uh, predominantly white institution, TCU, which I love. But sometimes I feel like I don't get that extra connection that some of my friends that went to Hampton, Howard, Spelman, you know, Texas College, where my parents finished, I don't have that deep connection yep. that they do to their alma maters. And I guess my question would be this, to those that are out there and would say, well, I understand why HBCUs existed to begin with, but why are they still here today? 
Can you talk to me about the importance of these schools? Yeah, so, you know, you, you obviously you look at it historically and you can see the historic mission of our institutions that we provided access and opportunity to individuals who might not otherwise have had access and opportunity to higher education or to education at all. Because Lane College starts at CME High School that begets uh, Lane Institute that begets uh, Lane College as we as we are today. Were it not for Lane College at that point in history, those individuals just right on the other side of Reconstruction would not have had access to education. Mm -hmm. Fast forward 137 years. I mean, we are yet providing access and opportunities for persons who might not otherwise have access and opportunity to, right. to higher education. I mean, you think about, mm -hmm. uh, let me just preach a little bit about Lane College. I mean, so, Please Lane do. College, we serve the highest number of Pell-eligible students of any institution in the state of Tennessee. I mean, and that's including, wow. that's including the community colleges. We're mm -hmm. providing these high-achieving all the potential in the world, all the swagger in the world, students with an opportunity for a Christian liberal arts higher education experience and institution. Wow. That's that's something that's that's something that's unique. Right. Students in, in many cases would not have access, they wouldn't have the finances to, mm -hmm. to afford that. Uh, many mm -hmm. of my students have been, and I, I like to just kind of walk through that kind of pattern. Many of my students have been legislated out of higher education at the state legislative level, that mm -hmm. the state legislature, you know, you look across the, the higher education spectrum. Lane College's um, uh, student, our 75 percentile student, has an 18 ACT. I mean, that's a, that wow. student is well prepared uh, mm -hmm. for for a student for for a college. Mm -hmm. But you look across the you look across the the, the body of, of higher education. For many institutions. You get in that 18 range, they're not recruiting, they're not recruiting that student. Right. Many of the institutions, and certainly I don't want to, you know, cast a dispersion on the institution where I worked for prior to Lane College, they're not sure. recruiting that student. That's a, a right. student. That's that's right. a student who can compete. Uh, mm -hmm. that may be a student who does not test well. Mm -hmm. That may be a student who came out of a, a, a challenging uh, academic uh, academic environment or educational mm -hmm. academic environment. Uh, but when that student gets into the higher ed environment, where all that's yeah. thinking about in the higher ed environment, all you're thinking about is going to going to class and going to the calf, and yeah. no longer having to worry about the other kind of concern. That that 18 becomes a 28 in terms of how if how that person how he or she performs at an institution. Yeah. So that student has been legislated out. Then at the institutional level, when stu when institutions start to compete with one another, and we say, okay, so mm -hmm. we want to have higher. Uh, graduation rates. We want to have higher retention rates. What's the quickest way for us to get there? Well, what we do is we say, all right, well, then let's get higher ACT scores. And what a ACT score tells you is it tells you how much money the student's parents make. It doesn't necessarily, mm -hmm. it can't tell you anything about that student's heart. It can't tell you anything right. about that student's work ethic. It can't tell you, it really can't tell you anything about that student's intelligence. It, it's mm -hmm. directly related to how much money that student's parents have, have made. That's but so institutions true. will use that still and make decisions about who they will give access to. And right. I mentioned earlier, you know, with 95% of our students in any given year on Pell Grants, the reality is, is, is higher education. Our, now, our fees at, at Lane College are very affordable. I mean, it, our total direct cost is $18,850 for this year. 
I mean, so you could you literally could work part time and receive a Pell Grant and and receive a UNCF scholarship, and you could pay for your way. Paid. Yeah, right. pay for your way through through Lane College. So we we pride ourselves on being affordable and continue to give access to to the students. So why do we need uh, HBCUs? Because we are assets to our community, providing mm -hmm. education, empowering our students to be leaders in our community and beyond. And right. if we didn't exist, these tens of thousands of students would not have access, could not afford it, would not be here gaining and developing and having to touch, being touched by the likes of L. Michelle Smith <laughs> wow. and Daryl well, And Daryl Bell. You had 200, what did you have, 250, uh, yeah. 250 students? And you were surprised that you had more men than women? <laughs> I was surprised. That's rare. Here's another piece that I would love to debunk about HBCUs. Just because there's a B there does not mean it's black only. It's open to everyone, oh, isn't that Oh, right? absolutely. We've never, I mean, we're, we, we're the original uh, access institution. We've never, we, our, our institutions have no legacy. We have no history of preventing anyone from coming to our institution. Right. That is that has not been at any point, any place in the history of right. HBCU. So we can sell, we've been the original, the first institute. We've been the original multicultural institution. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's started it all. About, it's always been about diversity and inclusion at the historically black colleges and universities. We didn't have to, we didn't have to be trained on that. Right. There you are go. that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel like I need to have a mic drop. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So before we talk, no, let's talk about the leadership conference. So Daryl and I came in and it was uh, funny because I didn't know that he's going to be connecting in Dallas. We actually flew in on the same flight, got in the car with Chief Joy and came on to Lane College for this event. So tell everybody what the leadership conference is all about. It was your first one, yeah. right? Yeah, so it was our inaugural um, leadership conference. And you know, I, I have to give a shout out to um, Dr. Michelle Stewart, our vice president yes. for academic affairs. So very forward thinking, very progressive. Uh, Dr. Stewart created and started the Women Empowerment Workshop that she started back in 2017. Great workshop. And they were doing just good work with that in, in empowering women on Lane's campus and then in our community. And so we watched that happen. And a colleague of mine, uh, Daryl McGee, who joined, uh, joined me here at Lane College just a few years ago, uh, when we were together in Arkansas, we um, had, a, had a, a, a conference uh, that was called the Brothers Keepers Conference that was funded by the uh, Winter Rockefeller uh, Foundation. And we pulled together um, African-American mentorship programs from across the state of Arkansas that we gather at least once a year to talk about strategies and how to uh, help African-American males be successful uh, on our campus. And so McGee um, and I have been talking about, okay, so we've got we've to reinvent that uh, here at Lane College. Well, we were, you know, kind of, you know, being busy doing other things and, and um, Earlier this year, I, I, you know, in talking to uh, Dr. Stewart, I said, well, Dr. Stewart, you're already doing the women empowerment piece. I said, so would you mind if 
we added mm-hmm. men? <laughs> yeah. And she, uh, she immediately said yes. And so we, uh, we started working on the, uh, the leadership, the leadership conference. And it was, um, she, we had two tracks. We had the women empowerment workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also had the brothers keeper, uh, empowerment track. Um, but I also want to say, let me say this also. So the very first time that I really thought about pulling, pulling this together and mm-hmm. doing, doing the men and the women together mm-hmm. was last year uh, at commencement. So last year at our 2018 commencement, Van Jones was our commencement speaker. Van, oh, awesome. Van Jones, yes, the Van Jones. The Van yeah. Jones is the, um, he's the grandson of Chester Arthur Kirkendall. Uh, Chester Kirkendall, uh, Bishop Kirkendall, but before he was Bishop Kirkendall, was President Kirkendall. He was president at Lane College. Oh, wow. And so Van Jones, uh, I think, I mean, I don't think he might be saying he grew up on this campus. I mean, he was, sure. yeah, he's a, he was a little kid growing up and running around. And, you know, his, his uh, grandfather uh, was, uh, was, was the president who then would go on to become, become Bishop. Well, mm-hmm. Van Jones... Uh, so he comes back to do uh, to do the uh, commencement. Well, we were so excited to have Van Jones in sure. town that we were throwing parties all over town. And so we had a big party uh, at at St. Paul uh, Christian Methodist Episcopal Church, uh, big reception and and opportunity for people to just get together and celebrate him. And when Van Jones gets up to speak, he makes this statement. He talks about the the Kirkendall Kirkendall Jones parts of his family, and he said. Something to the effect of the Kirkendall, Kirkendall Jones expresses the, the diversity of my family. And he said, in my family, he said, there are those uh, who are bougie, and then I have some that are street. And this brings, that's the two parts. I was sitting there in the congregation listening to him, and I thought, we, that's exactly what we've got to do. We've got to oh, wow. have a leadership institute that brings together the bougie and the hood and brings them together yeah. and yeah. trains and empowers them all. And that's, that's a part of what we, what we did was. That's awesome. Cause you opened it up to the community. It wasn't just for student and faculty and staff. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. it was open to East Jackson. It was open to East Jackson and, and, and they were, they were in the house, you know, as I mean, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I still haven't really done the count. I think it was we probably had about 200 or so students. So when you have that many students, it kind of it's, it, it really feels like a it's just a, it's a student student event and not mm-hmm. it, 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 you didn't get really the full flavor of you know all of the community members. Uh, that, but you had some politicians there because I met someone who was running for mayor and some other folks. Oh uh, no! Well, well, it's it is an election year, so. Yes, it yeah. is. They all came. <laughs> so they, so we could we could expect the the the, the candidates for mayors, uh, candidates for city council. We certainly expected to see them there, and they they were there. And we were pleased also to have our alums in the house. I mean, alums right. were were very supportive. And I don't know how many people watched online. I mean, I, I there were hundreds of folks who were who watched That's various good. sessions, uh, various sessions online, and that. And although, you know, our, our students in MassCom are just, I, I tease and say, if you sneeze at Lane College, somebody's seeing it somewhere because I, 
You know what? And hats off to them because under Miss Peters' leadership, they really did a great job of getting that audio file and that video file just right for me for broadcast. I mean, this is a global broadcast, and it sounds great. Well, they. I mean, I was. I. I'm just so. I was so pleased with with all 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 the folks that were involved. I mean, it was just yeah. a great time. And you know, I just thank. I, you know, just again, I just thank everyone for just being willing to give. I mean, Daryl Bell gave up a weekend. Yeah. For a plane ticket. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some good and some good food. Some good food. We even got some Chick Fil A. It was great. <laughs> and I mean, and, and just you know, and, and modest and, and just modest, you know, modest support to come and to pour into Lane College students, as did you. I mean, I mean, we had folks from Coca Cola, yeah. Federal Express. Mm -hmm. um, our law firms, uh, at first, uh, entrepreneurs, yeah. perhaps the top, the top entrepreneurs uh, from this from this area. Mm -hmm. uh, we had the Entrepreneur of the Year from Jackson, wow. Madison, Jackson Madison County. That was, I mean, and these were these were panelists, persons who mm -hmm. gave up their weekend to pour yeah. into Lane College students. Well, this is important work, right? I mean, you can't be it unless you see it. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, that's how I feel about it. I mentioned to you at that dinner, it was an NBC Universal dinner, where 12 HBCU college presidents happened to be. And I walked in and ran right into Logan <laughs> in 2018 that I said to you, and Miss Colette from uh, Houston, from Houston Tillerson, yep. right? Uh, shout out to Miss Colette. You know, call me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that it was important to me. I, I speak on university campuses all the time, but most of the time they're PWIs, right? Which is fine. There are students there that get a lot from it. In fact, there are black students there that get a ton from it. But on the whole, these are students that are a little bit more privileged than what we're talking about at Lane or Houston Tillerson or Philander Smith or some of the other groups that were there. And that's why I said to you that night, I was like, you know what? If you get me there and put me up, I'll speak. <laughs> you know? You did. It, it, it touched me and ministered to me as much as it did to those kids. At least I hope so. Well, hats off, <laughs> celebrate. I mean, based on what, you know, all the feedback that we're getting, it's just that, I mean, it was a home run. And you're... Good. Your presentation was a home run. Your style, your sassiness, your uh, creativity, <laughs> your, um, yeah, you were, I mean, well, I, I love that piece where, you know, you really challenge the students. And so I'm walking out mm -hmm. and the student says, you know, I've been thinking about starting a business and I'm, yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to get going on it. I mean, as you because what was that? You like, you say that three, three ways I'll challenge you to go. You, you yes. get the, get the job. Right. More or less then, or create your own job. Yes. Or do both. Or do both. <laughs> That's right. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was thrilled at how many adults came to me and said, you know, that was just a conversation I need to start thinking about. What am I doing on this earth? I'm trying to get it together. I'm 40 years old and I need to do something. You know, Absolutely. and it's just challenged them to really think about it. Well, I, and, and I need to say this to you, to you also. So, so, you know, at the end of the conference, you and Daryl, 
left by this time. So we're having our wrap-up sessions. We pull all the groups back together. We pull mm -hmm. the men together, and we pull the women. We get them all back in the same room and, uh, and, and start the challenge. Okay, so, you know, what did you learn? Who are you? What are your takeaways? Where do you want to go? Mm -hmm. um, and what was amazing is to hear your words, to hear Daryl's words coming yeah. back from those students who had listened to your message, internalized yes. them, mm -hmm. internalized that message, then made the message their own. Yeah. And now is speaking the message back to us as in, this is who I am. This is where I am going. That's gold. No, that is. And so uh, <laughs> the, um, the sisters came back with this. What, what was that phrase? Husa? Hassa? What was that? What was that phrase? Hasu. Hasu. Okay, so it's H-A-S-U. Yeah, okay. And that comes from my sponsor, Sint Marshall, who is now the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks, first female CEO of an NBA team. And she has been speaking on this topic since she was working at AT&T for 30-something odd years. But whenever she's up on the dais and she's challenging women to reach back, reach across, or grab another sister, she says Hasu. And Hasu means hook a sister up. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? If you live by that, everybody gets better. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, well, yeah. um, one of our, um, one of our students uh, came in and was, <laughs> <laughs> she was tossing. Hasu. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Sit would be, Sit would be proud. That's awesome. That's good. <laughs> Well, tell, well, and you, tell her she has mm -hmm. people quoting her in Jackson, Tennessee. I will let her know that. I will let she will not be shocked. <laughs> but that's great. I will tell her. You know, it's a it's a real testament because when you're up speaking or you're communicating, what you're trying to do is use the most basic terms and the most memorable ways to tell those terms to make people do exactly what you just said. Not only just hear it, but say it and actually apply it. So that that really makes me happy. That's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Good. So 1989. <laughs> that's when I met you. Do you know that? that, that so that was my freshman year at TCU. That was a few days ago. <laughs> I talked about how a different world was like in its heyday in 89. Yeah. But yeah, that's when I first remember seeing you on campus. <laughs> and what were you doing at TCU? I was coordinator of minority affairs and program advisor. Working in Ooh, That's a long name. Working in they need to rebrand. <laughs> I was working in the office of student activities. <laughs> yes. I just called you my student, student activity leader or something like that. But I know whenever something was going on with Black Student Caucus or the Greeks, they say, "Ask Logan." Well, that was those were fun times. That was a that was a great place to start my career. It was my first job out of uh, graduate school. Uh, Fort Worth is a great town uh, mm -hmm. to uh, to be starting your first job in. TCU was a great place. I mean, it was a great model. You know, since I uh, 
I mean, I've, I've been building in my career and, and ever since, and been building on on the on the foundation that uh, that I was established uh, as a professional uh, at, um, at at Texas Christian University, um, and working with persons like yourself. You know, what I one of the things I learned there, because you know, at TCU we had we had some of the same challenges at TCU that oh. we have at Lane College. Because you, you remember, and I certainly don't want to, in, in, uh, you know, call out any of your, and, and they can tell their own story, but, you know, some of your classmates mm-hmm. who came from inner city Houston. Sure. I mean, and they needed every ounce of financial aid they could get mm-hmm. to be able to afford uh, the institution. And so yeah. it was right there that I learned the importance of those wraparound services, uh, mm-hmm. trying to trying to give those students all of the support that we could help mm-hmm. them to live up to their potential. Because there was nothing. It certainly was not. They had they had plenty of talent. There was nothing wrong with their brains. They had the test scores. They had the GPA. But when you walk in, you walk into uh, that campus, and you are you know you you know you're driving, walking past. You're walking past students who are driving. Porsche, BMWs, BMWs. Yes. I mean, it's just, you know, that can that can mess with your mind uh, as a student, and so we needed we needed that community. We needed, we needed the black student black student caucus, the Hispanic student caucus. I mean, we needed to just kind of wrap wrap some some layers of support around the student, and and we had persons who who did that, in fact. Right. Well, you were one of them, and. I was so happy to run into you in Detroit last year and didn't realize that we would end up, I mean, look at us now, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're, we're helping people out and that's great. No doubt. He's the president, y'all. <laughs> and I know y'all are probably like, she is really yucking it up with that college president. Like, who does that? <laughs> but that's why we've known each other. At least we go back to like 1989. So I appreciate everything that you did having me out um, to Lane College. It was a blessing to me. It sounds like it was a blessing to the students, the faculty, the staff, the community, everybody. And I can't wait to come back. You must come back. Must, <laughs> must come back. You've got, you have more work to do. You know, you open some doors and I mean, you open some conversations. And yes. I mean, so you've got, you, you've got to come back and you've got to do, you've, you've got to do that, um, uh, um, that personal board. Um, oh, the personal board of directors. Got, you've got to come back. And do that session yes. on personal board of directors and spend more well, time you know doing what? with that. I can either come back or I'll do a special 30-minute mentor session where your students, your faculty can log on online. And we, yeah, I do it by Zoom. It's pretty cool. Oh, excellent. Oh, yeah. No, but, you know, yeah, I'm going to come back. But I'm just saying, there are ways to do things in between. We, we, you must. You must. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. you have anything else to add? Well, let me just say again, L. Michelle Smith, thank you. Uh, thank you, one, for being you. Uh, thank you for having the big heart. Uh, thank you for being the professional uh, that you are. Um, and thank you for making a commitment, keeping that commitment, and spending the weekend pouring your gifts, your wisdom into our students. We are better for well, better institution. We were blessed by your presence. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Hampton. That's Dr. Logan Hampton, everybody, aka Logan, my student activity leader. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> bye bye, friend. Bye bye. <laughs> well, well, that 
wrap our double episode of the Culture Soup Podcast, episode 23. Who does that? Who drops two episodes in one day? Oh, us. Yeah. (laughs) It was a great time. It's April 4th. Again, let's remember the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The day of his death. And also know the legacy that he left. He also went to an HBCU. He went to Morehouse. Yeah, Morehouse College in Atlanta. All right, coming up, April 11th, the30minutementor.com, a free masterclass for anyone who wants to attend. It's on authenticity, authenticity 101, and we are tying it back to that Women's History Month series that we did where all of those ladies talked about authenticity or whether you're a woman, whether you're a man, come along and learn what it takes to be and do you. Get more information and sign up at the30minutementor.com. Coming up next episode, we have two folks who used to work with me as agency partners, Roy Broderick and Ashina Roman of Intuition in Atlanta, Georgia. Until next time, have a good week. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Silos Communications.